The following audio may not meet the recording standards you're used to from RPG Academy Network podcasts. Lawful and Orderly streams live on Twitch every Monday at 8pm Eastern, and this audio is pulled directly from our video. Send all complaints to michael at therpgacademy.com and join us on Mondays. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Lan Arcanum, the city of magic. At the nexus of three major ley lines, the city shimmers with magical energy. But that kind of power brings trouble. Trouble that sometimes seems to spawn from thin air. Luckily for the folks of Lan Arcanum, the High Guard take their jobs seriously. LAHG is comprised of many different divisions, but of particular interest is the Special Visions Unit. The SVU deals with the strangest and most disturbing cases in Lan Arcanum. This is one such case. Today's episode, A Noble Death. Welcome to Lawful and Orderly Special Visions Unit. My name is Andrew J. Young, and I will be your Game Master tonight. Woo! If this is your first time watching, which it is because it's the first episode, <laughs> welcome! <laughs> if you're watching this for a time that isn't the first, then welcome from the future. Hey, great to have you. Uh, Lawful and Orderly is a lighthearted fantasy police procedural set in the magical city of Lan Arcanum. We are using Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition as our rule system tonight, though we're not necessarily going to follow the rules exactly as written. Our goal is just to tell an interesting and hopefully entertaining story. The format, over the course of tonight's game, we are going to be tracking the successes and failures of all the players' roles. That's Jeffrey, Marty, and Scott. We'll be tracking those roles using the scales of justice. And at the end of the episode, we'll use the Scales of Justice to influence the resolution of our character arc. The main story of tonight's episode, though, the criminal case, which our detectives will be investigating, will be resolved by our Twitch audience. At the end of tonight's episode, we'll have a brief trial by peers. Chat and the Twitch audience will be able to weigh in and determine the final outcome of the case. Now I should introduce our players and their characters for tonight's episode. First up is Marty McGuire, joining us from Iceland tonight. Yes, hello. Or from Iceland tomorrow, I guess, really. It is. Yes, it's Tuesday. I actually, I had a brief panic when I saw that rollover. <laughs> so I guess, I guess Marty is our guest from the future, for those of us in the continental United States. I can tell you what, it's dark. <laughs> it's dark in the future. You know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and Marty is playing Aaron Twilson, a human bard and the rookie on the force. And I have a question for you, Marty. In what social circles does Aaron mingle and why? Aaron is always hanging out before and after shows around Lan Arcanum. So anywhere there's going to be live music or uh, live stage performances, he likes to schmooze with the performers as they're getting ready and as they're coming off the stage. He's seen most of the shows. He's performed probably renditions of them, but he's been a performer his whole life. And those are the the people that he likes to be with. Excellent. Uh, Next up, we have Jeffrey Copeland, who is playing Shannon Sparks, half-unicorn cleric, half-unicorn, folks, not like a centaur unicorn, a bipedal half-unicorn, and she is the most fashionable officer in the High Guard. Jeffrey, can you tell us what is Shannon's reputation around town and why? Her reputation is she's always super fly and super fabulous, but she's super friendly, as well so it's the three f's there so if everyone if ever someone needs like a hand or if they spilled something on their blouse she's there with the only tied pin in Lynn organum so that's her 
Live, fabulous, and friendly. I think that makes her a triple threat. <laughs> yeah. And last, but certainly not least, is Mr. Scott Brown playing Ellen Brownfeet, a cheerful halfling ranger and an animal control specialist. And as an added bonus, Scott will be playing Ellen's canine companion, Bark. Rolf. Okay, Scott, I have a question for you also. Whose opinion does Ellen value above all others, and why? Ellen is very close to her family, and so I would bet it's it's her mother and father whose opinion she values more than anyone else's. They live out in the burbs of Lanarkanum, and though Ellen does not get to visit them as much as she would like to, she still gets out there from time to time, and it's it's always a good time. Excellent. And so we are we are going to go ahead and start our story tonight several years ago with Ellen, who before joining the Lanarkanum High Guard was a member of the Parks and Sewers Department. And as our story joins, Ellen is in Kings Park making their usual rounds. So yeah, you're in Kings Park. Uh, Ellen is in Kings Park. Uh, it is uh, mid-afternoon. Um, it's it's not overly crowded, but there are people uh, picnicking and uh, taking strolls and doing the usual things they're up to in Kings Park. Ellen's just hanging out and enjoying the weather. It, it smells wonderful and fresh, and, and she notices that the acebra plants are blooming, and uh, their pollen is guiding itself into every dark orifice of, of a living creature that it can find. And so you have to kind of wipe off your eyes, nose, mouth, throat, ears occasionally, but but uh, they smell very nice. So it's good. It's a, it's a fair trade. It's a fair trade off. Everybody everybody's used to that. They know. You know when you're going through Kings Park. You got to have your handkerchief. Uh, you got to have those anti-pollen capsules in case you don't wipe it off quick enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, but it's very fragrant, so you know you get to go to the bed. Yeah. Uh, well, Martha Asher um, is sitting on a bench uh, just up the sidewalk. Martha is a, a vagrant, but a friend of Ellen's. Oh, hey, Martha! Trumps up. H- how are you doing? Oh, hey, honey. How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I've, it's it's been a wonderful day. I mean, the smell is just so good. Oh, I can't get over the smell. Oh, can you? It's so wonderful. Oh, it's okay. You know, I can't smell anymore because all the pollen. Oh yeah. It's nice to see you, honey. Sorry, sorry, Martha. I didn't mean to remind you about that. But uh, the, the trees look beautiful when they're blooming. I mean, I mean, all these flecks of gold floating through the sky. You must appreciate that, right? Oh, honey, I can't see anymore either. They ruined my eyes, so I can't see or smell, but I can hear you. Oh, well, just focus on the sound of my voice. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how beautiful everything is. And, and Ellen will go on and describe uh, in gruesome detail how beautiful everything is, at least to Ellen. He's busy describing one of the uh, wonderful-looking trees, and uh, he he turns and continues describing some flowers. And as he turns back, he starts describing the tree tree again because it's closer now than it was before. And he turns again, and he's describing uh, a bird that alights on a on a rock. And he turns and he describes the tree more because it's even closer now. Uh, and that's when the tree leans down to talk to Ellen, and it is Oakfoot, the tree off that lives oh. in Kings. Oh, hi, Oakfoot. I, I didn't recognize you there. Your, your bark's looking good today. Is that some new moss growth? Thanks, Ellen. Oh. It is. Oh, I'm liking that liking. Looking good. Oh, I can always count on you for some plant ponds. You know me. <laughs> so, what, what brings you to this side of the park, Oakfoot? Well... Uh, Oakfoot's exciting problem is that he has found a small creature that is not Triant, and he does not know what to do with it. Uh, so I'm really mystified. I don't have a lot of learning. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be tough for a tree. I mean, I, I know how you don't believe in reading books. It's It really is a... Hey, don't use the B word. Sorry, I, I, I know it's touchy. Okay, all right. Well, well, let me see this creature and, and I'll, uh, I'll let you know. All right, I'll show you. He, he holds out a small, four-legged uh, creature, uh, no bigger than a loaf of bread. Uh, it is covered in fur with two floppy ears and a waggy tail, and it is a puppy. Martha, Martha, it's a dog. Oh, it's a beautiful dog. It's, it's, it's brown and has a cute nose and golden brown eyes, and it's wagging its tail and panting at me. Can, can you hear that, Martha? Can you hear the panting? Oh, just barely, dear. I, I feel it on my leg, but I'm unsure. Is, is that a puppy? Yeah, it's a beautiful little puppy. Oh. And as uh, as Oakfit hands the puppy over to Ilan, uh, grateful to be rid of this tiny non-plant creature, uh, Ilan notices the, a small leaf-shaped spot on its belly as he as he cradles it like a little a little baby he notices a leaf shaped spot on its belly it's just a it's just a spot on its skin but it's shaped exactly like a little leaf oh look martha it's, it's got like a little puppy birthmark and oh just just looks like nature and 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 oh i'm gonna hug it and love it and cherish it and keep it until i die oh yeah everybody needs something to care for honey yeah let me touch that birthmark Oh, yeah, it feels like a leaf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we are, are, are the scene fades uh, into white because, it, of course, it was, a very, it was a very touching moment. It was a very important moment to Ellen. And it fades into white. Uh, and it, we tilt down from the magical fluorescent lights. Uh, it, it, they're filled with uh, 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 fire, uh, fireflies made of actual fire in glass tubes. We tilt down from those into the, into the uh, headquarters of the Lanarcanum High Guard, where we see uh, modern-day Ilan, uh, Shannon Sparks, and Aaron Tweet, uh, Aaron Tweet Twilson, rather, uh, and a full-grown Bark the Dog uh, sitting sitting around a table in the break room, just chatting. Just patting Bark. Ruff, ruff. Oh, look at you. just good boy. You're just a good boy. You're just a good boy. <laughs> hey, hey, Aaron. Yeah, what's Bark's up, man? Bark's a good boy, right? Uh, you know, I've never seen him do anything like a, what a bad dog would do. So, yeah, I guess so. That's right. That's right. To be fair, it is Aaron's first day on the job, so he's never seen Bark do anything other than sit beside you and pant. That's he's really calm. That's kind of all I've got. That, that, that's good, Rook. You did well. I, gold star. You, you, you've got my vote for, for non-rookie status. How do we do promotions here? Captain? And just as you just as you turn your head to look for the captain, you hear uh, you hear her melodious bellow uh, coming from the office. Sparks, brown feet, get in here and bring the rook with you. All right, come on, rook. It's 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 time to go. We got some stuff to do. Come on, bark. Right. Oof. Yeah, you better bring that dog too. So uh, you all pad. You all you all uh, make your way into the chief's office. Uh, and she is currently currently looks like a large mulish minotaur with magnificent pearly horns and a golden nose ring. Uh, the chief generally uses her changeling abilities as a form of self-expression, which probably means she's not in a great mood at the moment. Since she's like a minotaur and not like a, a, a high elf or a, something a little calmer. No, she's a, she's a big she's a big 
mulish-looking minotaur. Hey, Captain. Oh, hey, Captain, me! One of our seers has come with a vision. Uh, uh, this, Twilson, and just so you know, is how we do our job, and why being in the special visions unit is no small honor. All right, all right, I'm going to pass it off to, uh, to our seer here. And uh, yes, of course, very good. No so, yeah, as soon, as soon as you said my name, like it's the, the salute is on. Yeah, at ease, at ease, everyone, at ease. No need for the salute. But so I'll pass it off to our, our seer today, and, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get into that. And uh, from from behind the ca- uh, from behind the captain is uh, a very a thin, willowy, pale figure <laughs> in a light brown robe. You do not know this person there at all. Uh, and they they are tall and thin and bald and uh, clean shaven, no eyebrows, and they they look into all your eyes individually. One by one, even including Barks before talking. Well, officers, I have had a vision and I felt compelled to share it with you in the hopes that you might be able to right this wrong, to, to bring justice where there is injustice. And here I am with my crystal seeing ball to share my vision in the hopes of, in the hopes of doing some small good in this city. And indeed, uh, before you, there is a, a magnificently clear, uh, refractive, reflective crystal ball, and the seer puts out uh, their hand and, and on the crystal ball, and the, the, the captain urges everyone to put their hands on the crystal ball. All right, Tilson, grab that. Yeah, all right, everybody, you got it? Everybody, all right, ready? And the seer, the seer's eyes roll back in their head, and suddenly, with a flash, you're all no longer standing around a crystal ball looking into a brightly lit room somewhere else. It's full of elegant furniture made of dark woods, ornately framed oil paintings uh, of, of regal-looking women. Um, some some, some are the same person, some have two people, uh, some have clearly much older people, uh, and small silver decorations are scattered around the room on the bookshelves and on the desk. It's very, uh, as Shannon immediately recognizes that this is uh, very well decorated. Her fashion sense doesn't extend to interior decorating too much, but she can. She does recognize good taste when she sees it. Uh, the large wooden door in the wall opens, and a tall, very regal woman who appears in several of the portraits on the walls uh, enters, dressed in the fineries of someone who has been wealthy for many years. She sees something in the corner of the room, out of your out of your sight. You can't see this, uh, and her she has a strange look on her face. What are you doing here at this hour? She demands. Our business is done. Leave. She steps forward, confidence and anger in her eyes. And just as she passes out of your sight, you hear a scream. Ah! The woman stumbles backwards, clutching a dagger and sticking out of her chest. She collapses backwards to the floor, and the vision fades to black. You find yourselves back in the captain's, the captain's room, uh, your hands coming off of the crystal ball. As the seer takes it and puts it down down their sleeve, it disappears. Oh. That was my vision, and I hope that it is of some help to you. Now I must bid you all adieu until we meet again. And the seer glides out of the room. You don't really see their legs moving. You can't really hear their footfall. They just kind of glide out of the room. Thanks, come again. Aaron is just staring out the door, like after after them. Like, what just happened? That was Dame Diana de Lac, a minor noble who has a reputation for hiring adventurers for dangerous tasks. 
My contacts tell me that the Black Inquisition has already started their investigation right now, and you know how they operate. The last thing we need is for those, those Black Cloaks to make a whole swath of the city's minor nobility disappear overnight. Now, get out there, get this wrapped up, or the mayor's gonna have my butt for breakfast! Yes, Captain. Dismissed. By the way, I think your, your nose ring looks really good, just so you know. I think it's a nice, nice touch. Thank you, Officer Sparks. Now get out of here! <laughs> okay. She slams the door behind you, but you can tell she was happy. She was very pleased. Like, oh, <laughs> it's a happy slam. It's a happy slam. Yeah, it was, it was a lighter slam than usual. The, the door, the hinges didn't even come loose. <laughs> nice we have a, a good breadth of the vocabulary of the Captain Slams. That's, that's important. Yeah, I mean, you reckon, I mean, Aaron is just learning to recognize these slams, but, uh, but Scott and Shannon, they know that was a happy slam. Well, Rook, you made a good first impression. The Captain didn't threaten to eat you. That was pretty good. Is that a thing that she does? Uh, yeah. Depending on what form she's in, she can have pretty big mouth, you know, it's, it's, uh, but you're pretty big too. I, I, it, it'd take her a while. Wow, Minimum. that doesn't actually make me feel better. <laughs> Minimum five bites. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, hmm, I, I didn't really get an address from that vision, but it looked like a nice place. I guess, uh, you know, it's a well-reputed person. I imagine that, uh, the, the nobles probably have pretty, pretty well-known addresses, unless they're keeping it secret, right? Yeah, 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 I guess. Should we just head on out and ask for addresses on the way? You hit the streets, and of course you know where the nice part of town is, where one of the nice parts of town is. And so you head off in that direction, and uh, soon enough you find a, a merchant who gladly tells you, Oh, the Duloc Estate. Yeah, if you go down the street and take a left and uh, go a little further and then take another left. and uh, No, wait, you have to go down the street and then left and then right and then further. And then, you know what? I'm not sure you can get there from here. I think you might have to go to the other side of the bridge. Yeah, you can't get there from here, so go around the bridge. And then up, left, and then right, and you'll be right there. You won't miss it. You can't miss it. All right, good. Yeah, you, you got that these sausages. Uh, no. Rolf, Rolf, Rolf. Oh, oh, oh okay. I think somebody wants some sausages. We'll take one, but uh, quick, we, we, we're in a hurry. All right, and as Rolf is scarfing a sausage, you find yourself, Bark. as Bark the dog <laughs> one. Uh, is wolfing it down, you find yourselves uh, stepping up to the Duloc estate. It's a large two-story uh, house with a, a modest grounds. It doesn't have a big a wrought iron gate or anything. It's open, uh, but you do see two two guards standing at the door. Hmm. Well, I, I think traditionally in this instance, we, we go up and knock. So uh, hmm. Ilan walks up between the two guards and knocks on the door. They, they look at Ilan and knocking on the door, and they push you back a little bit. And, and uh, one of them wearing a sword at, at uh, her hip says, uh, what can we do for you? Oh, oh, we we're just knocking. We're we're hoping to get inside. Yeah, no, I saw that. Uh, we're the we're the security here. We're gonna decide whether to let you in or not. What can I help you with? Uh, if you could open the door, that that'd be great. The other the other uh, guard uh, steps directly in front of you. Uh, this guard is is not wearing a sword, but has a, a staff in one hand and leans down and says, "We're not going to open the door unless you tell us who you are and why you're here. And even then, we might just." Send you away. Are these people in the back with you? The the, the half unicorn and the human. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to take that uh, opportunity. Aaron steps forward. I, y- yes, uh, we're high guard. Uh, points to the the insignia on the hat. There, uh, we're we're here to uh, as part of an official investigation. 
Yes, and they look at each other with knowing, knowing uh, eyes. Uh, I guess we should have been expecting you. And the the uh, the the guard holding a staff steps aside, and the guard with the sword just looks at Ill and says, "Why didn't you just lead with that?" And opens the door for you. I was I was raised to knock. That's that's polite. I well, good one, Rook. That's that's two for two. You, you know who's a good boy, and you know how to get in the door. You're you're, you're gonna go far, Aaron. That's that's great. Thanks. That was surprisingly easy. They they just let us in. Score. High five. Aaron. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, technically coming from uh, Shannon, it's not a high five. It's a high two because of the opposable gloves. Solid two. Yes. Solid high two. It's, it's it's the it's the hoof shoe that really gets you though. That's that's uh stings. Like brass knuckles. Uh, so you, you enter the you enter the uh, the grounds and uh or you enter the door because you walk right up to the the house. You enter the enter the door and uh you see in the parlor, in the entryway, a, a tall, elegant-looking woman talking to a sinister-looking figure in a black cloak. You can't see the the woman's face, but you see the figure's face. They narrow their eyes at you and say something to the woman and then step around them and come up to talk to you. Well, 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 if it isn't the high guard, late to the scene. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you noticed. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you came. I mean, it's only been, uh, what, six hours? Not too bad. I mean, uh, yeah, I was... Yeah, we had a good time. We only stopped for sausages once. And there's just a, a look of befuddlement. Actually, while uh, while Illin is uh, keeping this guy busy with befuddlement, Aaron's going to, like, look, look down the hallway, see what the other ladies, uh, see what the lady's doing, and maybe just go talk to her. Uh, the uh, the woman has gone to stand at an open doorway, um, looking in uh, very, very sadly down the hall. Uh, so Aaron and Shannon definitely uh, dodge around this, uh, this, this, obviously, this is a Black Inquisitor, a member of the Black Inquisition. Yeah. Uh, and they go down the hallway to, to speak to this woman and, and look into the room. So who does uh, your tailoring? Is I mean, to get all black, that must be a lot of work. Is that is that standard inquisition? What's your name, officer? Oh, oh, oh! I'm Ellen, Ellen Brownfeet. It's it's good to meet you. He does not put out his hand. Oh. Listen, yeah, Roth Badman, and I've got to tell you, I'm not taking any of this. You know how long I've worked in the Black Inquisition? Uh, yeah. A thousand years. <laughs> It's the, the, their skin just flushes. I, I, I knew you'd only ask unless it was really big. I'm I'm sorry. A dark green. They're half orcs, so their skin is already like a pale green. It just flushes a dark green. Like, uh, do I look a thousand years old to you? Uh uh uh. No, you're you're you look much younger than that. You're radiant. Uh, oh. do, do you work out? This is why the high guard are the laughing stock of the of the whole service. So I'm just gonna leave you here. I've got. A good lead already, so I'm gonna go follow up on that and solve this case. And when you, and when the three of, you, oh well, whatever, when the three of you are all <laughs> done here, go down to the deli, have a couple sandwiches, and don't worry about it. I'll take care of the rest of it. Oh, that, and, that sounds like good news. Thanks. And Inquisitor Inquisitor Badman bumps past you. Uh, they they kind of do a hip a hip bump instead of a shoulder bump because you're a halfling and they're half orcs. So they're like six feet tall. Uh, but they bump, they bump past you and, and storm out the door. The cloak billowing in the as they as they storm away. Um, Have a nice day. No response. The, the, he does not even turn around. He is not. He is not. I wonder if he knows that his last name sounds like bad man. <laughs> Coincidence, I'm sure. Uh, so Aaron and Shannon uh, have have gone down to speak to this this woman and look in this room. Um, she is uh, very finely dressed. Also, clearly. 
uh, wealthy and used to being wealthy, um, but not, she, obviously she seems very, very upset at the moment. And uh, she turns and sees uh, Aaron's uh, uniform and Shannon's badge and, uh, oh, more officers to speak with. I just spoke to an uh, Inquisitor Badman and I, I, I told him everything I knew. Yeah, yeah. Would you mind maybe telling the story to us really quickly? This what happened? Well, I, I don't know much, but I'll tell you what I know. Uh, I was out yesterday evening uh, at the university to speak to uh, uh, to speak to a friend of mine about possibly doing a, an oil painting of them. And uh, when I returned home yesterday evening, I found I found Diana in her in her study, obviously gone. And I I I was just so distraught. Uh, I I must have blacked out when I when I came to the one of the servants had found me and I had already already contacted the police but that's when uh, that's when Inquisitor Badman arrived and I I spoke to him and told him everything I knew but it's just horrible it's horrible I see um, I'm I'm sorry I'm uh, I'm new in town could you go ahead and give me your name for the for the record Oh yes officer I'm Dame Consort Kyra Dulac I'm Diana's wife. And uh, I guess now I'm the, I believe I'm still Dame Consort. I, I don't, I, no one inherits uh, Diana's title, but I, I suppose I'm the estate holder of the Dulac estate. Uh, and I, I do oil uh, portraits. You can see my work uh, sort of scattered throughout the house. Uh, uh, what else, what other information do you need? Uh, you said you were at the university yesterday. Uh, yes. Could you tell us who you spoke with there? Uh, 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 Professor Starmist, uh, sort of a friend of mine. Uh, we've we've spoken in the past. Uh, Professor dabbles in art, but uh, he, he has a good eye for art. Um, not a great talent for it, but he we spoke in the past about art, and he knows uh, that I do oil portraits, and and so he summoned me yesterday. Uh, well, I guess. It was the day before yesterday in the mid-morning, and I agreed to come meet him yesterday, and uh, we talked for maybe an hour and a half, uh, discussed, uh, we didn't get into prices, but we discussed the elements that we'd be using, that I'd be interested in, in doing a portrait, but uh, when I was there for, say, maybe an hour and a half, and I returned home in the evening. Mm. So can you kind of describe your relationship with Professor Starmus? Are you guys, like, friends, or... Uh, professional uh, acquaintances, perhaps. Uh, we met at a we met at a gallery exhibition of one of my pieces, and uh, Professor Starmist uh, purchased didn't purchase my piece, but is an art buyer and a connoisseur. Okay. Is if there's nothing else, I, I need to go sit down. I've got I've got messages to write to family. Sorry, and there there is just one more thing. You yes. uh, you said after you came home and and discovered uh, your wife that uh, that you blacked out. Uh, I must have. Uh, can you tell us um, about how much time would you estimate passed between uh, your discovery and uh, your waking up? I arrived at between between ten and eleven. I would say in the evening, and it's it's after eight now. She checks her wrist sundial. It's after eight now. Uh, so um, goodness, it must have been closer to seven or eight hours that I was out. But it had been a long day. I just that is a long time. Uh, can you can you tell us? Did your wife have any enemies, or uh, is there anyone on her staff that she was having disagreements with? 
enemies no we we have a, a cook and a, and a yard groundskeeper uh, but they're they don't stay in the estate and of course we have uh, uh guards on on duty um technically on duty 24 7 but they don't they don't come into the building unless they're supposed to come in if something happens but obviously right and I'm, I'm sorry did you you said one of the servants uh found you and, and woke you up uh, do you remember who that was uh, i was the cook it was the cook okay was the cook. Um, uh, Margaret. She'll, she'll probably be in the kitchen now making, making food. She, she makes food when she's upset. Um, as we, as we all are. If there's nothing else, I, I need to go sit down. I, I have to write letters and I have to begin making arrangements, I suppose. Okay. Well, thanks for your help. Uh, we appreciate it. Can we maybe go chat with Margaret for a little bit just to see if she has any extra info? Uh, you, you, you're the officers. You just let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Okay. And she, she gestures for the kitchen and then goes to sit sit down in a different room and you can see her. She leaves the door open. You can see her pulling out parchment and, and quill and starting to write things down. And she pulls out some books and is looking through things to try and... Ellen walks up at that uh, as you guys, as she walks away. Did, did I hear something about the kitchen? Ruff, ruff. Uh, yes, it seems uh, that Kyra, uh, Miss uh, Dame Consort Duloc, uh, found the body and passed out. And the cook is the one who found her passed out and uh, awakened her. So we're on the way to talk to the cook, I guess. Um, Should one of us look at the body? <laughs> you guys are standing right outside the... <laughs> uh, so it's up to you. If you, you know, know it is traditional, are. Rook, uh, that, that one of us generally investigates the crime scene. Yeah, but uh, I, I can take care of that. If, if you two are... You want to go have fun. I, I understand. I mean, Rolf here is... I mean, Bark here is, is, uh, has rolfed himself up some sausage. And... Uh, I uh, I'll, I'll let you guys go. Yeah, I'll I'll check this out. You go, guys. Are you sure, Alan? You're you're gonna miss a kitchen trip. Uh, you know, Rook. I like the cut of your jib. I, this one's all yours. <laughs> Aaron Shannon, and... keep an eye on him. Perfect. Shannon and Aaron head their way down to the kitchen uh, while <laughs> while Ellen turns around and, and looks into the room. Uh, it is it is the very same room that you saw in your vision. As you step in, you recognize you're from the you're looking in, in, into it from the opposite direction, but you recognize the things on the side, and you, you realize that if you turn around and stand sort of in front of the desk, you'll be you'll yeah exactly. Now you're exactly where you saw the vision, maybe a little below uh, where Ilan saw the but yeah, they're perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so you're you're in the crime scene. You, you do see uh, Dame Dulac's uh, body. It's been covered with a, a light sheet. Uh, a very nice. I mean, this is clearly like a, a sheet from the house from the manor. So. So she's uh, an exquisitely dressed ghost. Okay. She is wearing a sheet, but she is also uh, prone on the floor, uh, motionless. She must be so very she's tired a as a ghost. Tired ghost, yes. Mark, see if you can smell anything on her. Is, is she a human, I assume? Uh, yes, both uh, both the Dulocs are. Fantastic. Well, Bark's going to stiff around the body, and I'm going to... Uh, Ellen will we'll poke around the uh, the area around the body, just kind of, um, you know, pull out her quill and do the old poke and prod thing, that the, the CSI treatment, the whole the whole nine. Classic. The Criminal Search for Investigation Unit, they are... They they really a lot of people start out there before you can get into the SVU. They they, they do excellent work. They do. Uh, so can I get an investigation roll for you? And I will give you um I will give you advantage for Bart for having Bart help you because it'll be Bart will be of use. Perfect. All right. Uh, well, I rolled a bad uh, eleven total, and then with Bart's help, I got a natural one. So that's Perfect. eleven total. Perfect. So, uh, Scott, why don't you go ahead and give us a failure on the scales of justice? Oh, how, why did you need to say that? All right. One failure uh, on the scales of um, justice. 
But luckily, luckily, uh, uh, Ilan is a competent detective. It takes a little longer. Uh, but you do find when you're examining the body and looking around, uh, you see you see a dagger wound in the body, in the chest. No dagger. There is no dagger in the body or on uh, in the room, as far as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do see also a black feather that Bark sniffs out under the desk and brings to you. Well, and... and Bark just huffs it around, just snorts, and it blows out from under the desk. Have you been eating crows again? How many times have I told you? No crows! They're nature's candy, don't you know? Oh, this this isn't from a crow. Uh, Well, is it? Um, you know, you don't know. Uh, It is is definitely a real feather. But a feather Um, I can't identify is an exceptional feather indeed. Yeah, it's, uh, you're not 100% sure. Hmm... So, uh, so we cut back to uh, to Shannon and Aaron, who have just stepped into the kitchen. Uh, and Shannon, uh, you you see what must be Mark the cook, and uh, she's a centaur. So she is not she is not a bipedal half horse. <laughs> she is a four legged half horse, half human. Quadrupedal. <laughs> she is a quadrupedal half horse, half human. Uh, she has a very large apron uh, covers uh, most of her most of her four flanks. Uh, and goes up to around her neck, obviously. Uh, and she is busy cooking up a storm. It's a very large kitchen. So she she's able to maneuver uh, finely in it, uh, and she is cooking up a storm. You see, uh, you see uh, meat already uh, uh, roasting. You see um, a couple of pies already out uh, or already uh, cooking. Rather, nothing is done yet. Uh, you can already see vegetables on the on the on the uh, on the fire simmering and on the oven simmering. So. She's already busy kicking up a storm. She, she doesn't even notice uh, you enter. She's so busy. Okay. So we walk in and I'm like, Margaret, I'm, I'm so sorry about your loss. I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, are you. Oh, and then she notices your badges. Oh, uh, she's the high card, right? Uh, that's right. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a shock. It, it, it's just hard to, under, it's hard to believe it's really happening. I mean... I just I just spoke with her yesterday evening when I when I left when I left for the evening and she seemed fine and obviously but uh, but what what can I I assume you've come to ask questions I don't know what what you want from me but what can I do what can I what can I ask answer uh, could you just walk us through uh, the the events of the day and uh, tell us. Anyone you talk to that doesn't belong here uh, on the grounds or uh, anything that was out of the ordinary? Yesterday? Uh, The day of the murder. Okay. Uh, I guess that was, yeah, I guess that must have been last night or earlier this morning. I'll I'll start from yesterday. I arrived yesterday morning. uh, Nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, I I, I cooked uh, a a good breakfast, uh, biscuits and gravy. uh, a, a mango, a mango, kind of a chutney, uh, very good, and a couple of a uh, whole whole string of sausages. Oh, oh, it was very good. It was very good. Uh, let's see. Then uh, I cleaned up uh, and I did a lunch. James Locke did ask for a platter of sandwiches. I, I took her. Uh, it was roast beef. It was uh, sort of a barley, barley lettuce kind of sandwiches. Uh, some non meat sandwiches. Uh, it was a turkey, I think, with uh, with. Uh, extra thick tomato and some of the some of the mayonnaise. Uh, that was lunch. Let's see. Oh, I took I took soup to uh, to Dame Consort de Lac, uh, and then dinner. Oh, I did tea. I did tea. A big pot of kettle of tea, uh, biscuits, l- lemon biscuits, uh, and then dinner was a stew and 
uh, with a, a loaf of uh, a sage bread. Uh, and that was just, uh, that was just Dame Duloc, uh, Dame Concert Duloc had, had gone out for, wait, no, it wasn't that, it was after dinner that she went out for a meeting. So, uh, and then I left for the night after I cleaned up the dinner dishes. Uh, when I got back this morning, uh, everything seemed fine. Uh, but when I, I went into the kitchen to get breakfast started, and when I came out looking for, for the Dame or the Dame Consort, I couldn't find them. And I, I went into the study and the door was open and there it was, there was Dame Consort Duloc and she was passed out like the dick as I couldn't wake her up for anything. Uh, but I went in. I went. I ran back here and got some of the some of the strong the strong salts, the smelling salts, and I went in and you know put them under her nose and and snapped her out of it. She seemed real, just very spacey, head in the clouds. Didn't really know what was going on. It took a while for her to sort of settle down and, and sort of get a get a real understanding of what was going on around her. Uh, and then I once I knew that she was okay and I brought her a cup of tea. I, I ran out uh, and sent uh, sent one of the guards. Uh, I was going to send one of the guards out to fetch the fetched the, the street guard and that's when the the uh, she swallows kind of here the, the inquisitor showed up i didn't speak with the inquisitor uh, I, I i i came back i came back here to the kitchen and, and apparently the inquisitor didn't want to speak to me so is are they is he still here is he gone uh, no ma'am he's gone he's uh, he's left the building you just see the relief go through her whole body she's like oh thank god Oh, okay, well, good. I, I hope that I assume you guys. I, I guess you two are working together to solve this. So I'm. Um, I... um Mar Marge, you like working for the Dulocs? Well, yeah, of course I do. Okay. Wonderful people. They pay well. They're they're polite. Yeah. They always eat. They always clean their well. Most of the time they clean their plates, but it's it, not. I understand that. And well. you know, it seems like you take a lot of pride in your work, and and you uh, you really bring a lot of professionalism to this. Um, here's the thing about the Inquisition. They tend to solve problems by, um, let's, uh, what is the saying? Uh, cutting off the nose to spite your face. Uh, oh, yeah, no, we, I know that. So we're, um, we're actually not working with them. We're hoping to bring, uh, Lady Duloc's murderer to justice without disappearing any more members of the Duloc household. Oh, so, well, that sounds great to me, I guess. So any help that you could give uh, to, to, to us versus the Inquisition would be so much, uh, would be so, we'd be very grateful. And I, 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 and I think uh, in the long run, your house would be better off. I wish I knew. I mean, uh, I know that Dame Duloc had a, a couple of visitors yesterday. I didn't see him. You have to talk to, to maybe the Dame Consort or to, the, to one of the, the guards. Uh, but I really don't know anything else. Okay, a couple of visitors. That does help. Thank you. That's what the sandwich is. Yeah. Okay. Well, you let me know if there's anything else I could do. And and, and if you if you if she checks her wrist uh, uh, sundial, a lot of this is a very they have wrist sundials in the south. It's very in fashion. Dame Duloc made sure everybody had them. Uh, yeah. If you want to come back in say forty five minutes or an hour, or so we'll, they'll be they'll be spread out. So don't don't, don't hesitate. Okay, uh, Shannon. Do you have any more questions? No. Um... I think you pretty much covered everything. I guess one last question. Um, have you noticed any like fighting or tension between the Dulocs as of late? No, no, nothing. Okay. Well, thanks. Everything any, looks any changes in uh, changes in eating patterns? Have they been consistent appetite? In consort, Dulocs started one of those juice fads. Uh, <laughs> She gave that up after a few days. I, I never, I never understood those things. You're just drinking juice. There's nothing in your body. You're going to be hungry all day long. 
But other than that, but that was like I said a couple weeks ago. Only lasted for a few days. You got over it pretty quickly. Now, uh, 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 potato stew. Potato stew is the secret. You got somebody on with those juice diets. Potato stew will firm right around. Get them right as rain. Uh, no, other than that, nothing. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, Marge. We'll let you get back to your cooking. Thank you. And she turns around and bustles off to something is starting to boil in the oven, and she quickly goes to deal with it. Uh, so, um, are you guys going to go meet up with Dylan and look in the room? Are you going to go talk to the guards? Are you going to try and talk to the Dame Consort again? Aaron and Shannon, you guys can split up if you want to do something else. I don't know. Do you think we should maybe talk to the guards? Or do you think we've gotten all the info we're going to get out of the staff here? Aaron, what are you? Well, you're, the, you're a newbie. Should we maybe meet back up with Dylan? <laughs> I, you tell me. <laughs> I just want to do a good job. But I got to say... <laughs> Pass, passing out uh, for seven, eight hours is pretty suspicious. I'm, I'm feeling like maybe the Dame Consort was drugged uh, or, or she's got something to do with this. So you guys make your way back to uh, the Dame's uh, study uh, where you see Ilan, who has just discovered, well, not just discovered, but has, has been busily looking on study for any other, any other interesting clues, uh, has got this feather and has just pulled down a book uh, from one of the shelves uh, it's a it's a ledger, and uh, sure enough, on the most recent, you're just looking through, looking for those recent entries, and you do. Uh, Ellen has just discovered a an entry for two people from yesterday, uh, but doesn't know what to make of it because he wasn't in that conversation previously. So, so uh, I I found a ledger. I don't, I'm I'm not good with numbers or names or, or writing. Does somebody want to give me a hand with this? Sh- sure. Uh, yeah, yes, I'll, I'll Aaron would like to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go for it, Shannon. Yeah, yeah, Shannon, you're you're. You're numerate here. Give that a try. I'll take a look at it. I like grab it with my hoof hands. I think <laughs> I think Scott is as we're playing. He's putting in real high quality uh, special effects of us passing things back. Like yeah. I there was a graphic of the crystal. I know there was a book yeah, that we had. It's just it's just the, yeah. The, as far as you okay. guys know, that's all happening. Yeah, we we can't just, see it on our end, but I know right. you guys at the Twitch are getting the high quality. I know our viewers are getting high quality special effects. So I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm going to keep improvising objects, and I'm just going to hope they show up in post. Perfect. It's going to be great for the podcast, too. Yeah. I love those visual gags. Yep. Uh, it's perfect. Um, okay, so uh, so Shannon uh, has got this book. She opens it up. Uh, there are only uh, two tasks listed for yesterday, written in a bright blue ink. All of the entries are written in this very nice bright blue ink. Clearly, these people are uh, wealthy. This is not cheap, uh, cheap water downing. This is high-quality blue, almost violet. Um, so yeah, in the, in the entries for yesterday, uh, uh, uh yep, uh, Norena Hackleaf or Durango Broadbane, Broadbone, uh, to retrieve red bane leaves from the catacombs below the university for 50 gold, and the task is marked as completed. Do, do, does Ellen know anything about those, uh, leaves? If, I assume Shannon shares that info. Uh, yeah, Shannon does, and, uh, Ellen, you know a little bit uh you recognize uh red bane leaves you recognize that they are uh they do grow uh, in dark sort of uh damp uh locations uh but you don't know much else about them you you're, you you were parks and sewers but they don't really grow in the sewers as much it's too wet for them in the sewers um it's kind of just like they need a, this really perfect combination of of temperature and and light and humidity um, Shannon might know something. Shannon, what uh, do you have a knowledge skill that might be relevant? Uh, maybe a knowledge arcana or a uh, give me a medicine. Oh, okay. okay, I got nineteen. 
Oh man, yeah. Shannon uh, instantly <laughs> knows uh, uh, about red bane. Um, red bane is a high quality uh, or a very rare herb. Um, it is used uh, for medicinal purposes. Uh, it salves burn wounds and stuff. And it's uh, often mistaken uh, uh, for red red blind leaves, uh, which have a deleterious effect in that they often they are kind of chloroform. Red blind leaves will knock you out. Mm, but that's, what, that's what Shannon knows. Interesting. And uh, Scott, if you can give us a success on the scales of justice, if you haven't already, that'd be great. Awesome, Aaron, uh, Marty, I see you. I see you with a knowing look in your eyes. Uh, does Aaron have anything he wants to do around the room? Does he want to look for anything or look at anything or or? Uh... Yeah, Aaron. Aaron definitely wants to like put his academy skills to the test, and uh, he he wants to look for like signs of struggle or because uh, this is. This is, this is just like me trying to get this right. This is the same study. This is where the body is, but it is not where the dame consort was found passed out. Both those things. It is. Oh, both they are. Things. It is the same room. Okay. It is the same room. She it's came. Interesting that the cook only mentioned the dame consort passed out and not the dame dead. I, maybe she thought it was obvious to you. It would be where the, it would be where the dame had had died. <laughs> she doesn't. Things we don't speak of. She was distraught. Yeah, exactly. She was raised maybe in a way you don't talk about. You know, it's it's a little vulgar. Talk about dead bodies. So yeah, this is the very same room. This is the same room where that you had the vision. It's the room where the dame died. It's the room where the dame consort passed out. Yeah, I would like to investigate and uh, and see if I can. I want to check out that corner that we couldn't see in the vision and see if I can see anything from there. Give me a um, either perception or an investigation. I'll let you. I'll let you decide that. All right. Uh, investigation is going to be better for me. So let's see. I'm going to roll. Uh, ooh, not super good. An eight plus four is twelve. Uh, oh, right. No, that's that's right on the that's right on the board for that one. So you do success. You do ooh. succeed. I do success. You do have success. Congrats <laughs> on your on your succeed. Um, so you do find uh, you don't find any signs of uh, struggle, but you do see some dirt scuffed into the floor. Mm. Uh, you, you can't identify it, and even Ellen doesn't. Even Ellen is like, I, "It's dirt. It's dirt." Uh, but you do find while you're looking a a pouch, and you you barely pull the ties closed uh, as before you uh, before you you get, get a little woozy. you get a little woozy, and you pull the ties closed really quickly. Yeah. I think uh, I think we found the red blind leaf. Daha! Good work, Rick. Good work, Rook. That's that, that's real good. I, I'm proud of you for not passing out. That's uh, you know the last Rook we had. Uh, oh, Rick, that, uh, that giant Rick. Venus flytrap just uh, well. Anyway, it's, it's it's good not to hurt yourself on the job. What? Yeah, he's Aaron's. Aaron's <laughs> like pretty pretty woozy. All right, so you guys have have. Uh, Checked out this crime scene. Uh, you you do you do go and make a stop and speak with the guards one last time on your way out, um, and they do confirm uh, that Dorina uh, Hackleaf and uh, Durango Red uh, Durango Redbone were here uh, yesterday. Um, Durango came in uh, first. Uh, they ran into each other on the way out, and then Norena uh, Norena went in and came back out a little while later. Uh, so they they did both they did see them both here, uh, but yeah they say uh, oh yeah Durango uh, Durango the 
the guy in the big, the guy in the big, uh, the bird cloak, right? And the other one said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's Van Gogh. He's he's a regular." Did uh, did, did his bird cloak by chance uh, be made out of these sorts of feathers? Yeah, that looks like right, uh, like like the black feathers. That's the same kind of stuff. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. Hmm. I don't know why you're sniffing that. But, <laughs> how do you investigate things with your eyes? <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So Bart, they, they they're they're speechless. Uh, Bart takes a big sniff, and uh, instantly. Bark is is on the on the on the run on the takeoff as you you run through the city and uh, Ilan Ilan thinks, thinks back he thinks back and remembers another time oh. that they were running through the city with Bark and we we fade out uh, back uh, to a time not so long ago before before uh, before Aaron joined the force and we find Ilan. Running through the streets, uh, up, uh, up to the university, actually, by the university of Leon Arcanum, uh, running through the campus, uh, looking for Bark. And, uh, he's been chasing Bark through the city, uh, all day. And, uh, and uh, here we are running. He runs up to, uh, runs up to the university and sees a group of people outside. Bark! Bark! A, a prof- shouting. And you do get the attention of a professor and some students uh, all standing around a giant eagle. Uh, just standing majestically on the lawn. Are, are, uh, are you guys delivering rings, or or can can I use your eagle to look for my dog? So we have a we have uh, some students and one Professor Starmist. I, I I think I I think I recognize you. Are you Professor Starmist, right? Yes, I am Professor Starmist. Well, hello, hello, young person. How are you? Hi, hi. I'm I'm good. Uh, a little out of breath. Uh, a stitch in my side. I've 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 lost my dog. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you guys haven't seen a dog around here, have you? Oh, no, I haven't seen any canines. No, 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 no. Dylan, Dylan sees that the eagle is clearly uh, a little shaken, and several of the students give her a strange look when she says she has definitely not seen the dog. Uh, as though, why is she lying about the dog that we saw a few minutes ago? Uh, look, pr- Professor, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I keep reporting you for, for animal control violations. I mean, you keep these giant eagles in public, but, but I really need they're to find beautiful. my dog. They're nice. They're, they're, they're delightful, nice. but uh, you should get an eagle. Don't get your dog. Get an eagle. They're you know, nice. The, the, the eagles have been known to eat many household pets, and the fact that you let them go at night—it's, it's a real problem. You, you, you got to stop that, Professor. The eagle does look at uh, Ilan. As though, is this the right size thing for me to eat? It's small. It smells interesting. It's it's being twitchy. It's following your head. It's following your movement perfectly. No. Bad eagle. Bad. So so any of you students haven't uh, haven't haven't seen a dog, have you? I I, I have dog treats. Uh, um, I have, I have human treats. You're, you're, some of you are humans, right? <clears throat> you heard what the professor said. No, no, dog. Uh. All right, I'll, I'll just keep looking, but... but I will I, dock you a letter grade if you tell him anything. Oh. All right, well, thanks, I, I guess. And Ilan trudges off dejectedly, and the scene fades to black. Thanks for listening to Lawful and Orderly Special Visions Unit. Join our detectives again next time for the thrilling conclusion of A Noble Death. Same RPG time. Same RPG Academy. Scott Brown can be found on Twitter at G-E-O-W-T-F. 
Jeffrey Copeland can be found on Twitter at ATL underscore Spielberg. Marty McGuire can be found on Twitter at Schmarty. And Andrew J. Young can be found on Twitter at That1GM. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on our iTunes page, which helps other listeners find the show. Thanks.